Good afternoon, Times Square Church, and Happy New Year's Happy New Year. 2020. Yeah. Man, where did the time go? I remember when I was a small kid, we were talking about the year of 2000. And it seemed like it was so far, far away. But now we're in 2020, and we can all say together that God has been good to us. His mercy. His hand has been upon us. His protection. His provision. He came through every single time. Because he's good God. Today I would like to talk with you on a topic of it all begins when you have nothing. It all begins when me and you have nothing. There has been a stirring in my heart for the past little while. Of I feel like the Holy Spirit is personally speaking some of the things to me and to my family. To draw us closer to Him. To draw us closer in prayer. To draw us closer into the Word of God. And, and to be able to just not limit God. But to believe in God and what He can do in this year is to come in 2020. I was sharing after the morning service with some of my friends here, and I was just saying that Pastor Carter basically spoke my message in the morning. And a lot of the things that he shared in the morning, for some reason, I have in my notes to share. But if you're here today that you were in the morning, and also you're here today at 3 o'clock, maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for you. And I would ask all of us to open our hearts and to open our minds and our years to be able to hear what God is trying to speak to us and try to get a hold of us. There has been many obstacles that we faced in life and often we think we have to have the answer for everything. So often we, for example, go tripping or traveling somewhere and, and we're taking a trip to, to visit our families and we always have to feel like we're preparing things and we have to take stuff with us and we always have to be ready. But you know, when we come to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, He's not asking us to get things ready. He's not asking us to prepare things, all of the things that we can do in our own strength. But He's calling me and you to come with nothing. With nothing to Him. And when we come together as a church or individual as a person. And when we come to Him with nothing. He creates something that only He can do. Because this Christian walk that we have. This life that Jesus Christ has called me and you to do. He has called us to fulfill His purpose. And when He called us to fulfill His purpose. He supplies all the things that we need to fulfill that. Praise God. There are many passages in the Bible that are so clear how God moved miraculously among people. And I just have on my heart that this year God is going to do miraculous things in this church. God is going to do miraculous things in our campuses. God is going to do miraculous things in this country. Because people are crying out to Him. People are praying. And we can come with expectations to God. Because he hears us. Praise God. We can expect things from him. To do miraculous. And, 
And the Bible says that not many strong, no, not many noble God has chosen. But he chosen the weak vessels, the empty vessels, the broken vessel. And later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 to 29, in the end he says, So no flesh can glory in his presence. My brother, my sister, we're so good to take credit. Something somebody did, we want to take credit for that. Even though we are not even a part of the full picture. But we are people that desire to take credit. And through that, we can think that we have done something. And that's why God is looking for vessels that have nothing to offer to Him. There's nothing to prove it to Him. Vessels that are broken. Vessels that can say, God, only you can change my life. Only you can empower my life. You know, sometimes we say that God uses our life. And it is true. But sometimes in our society, this terminology of God using our life, it's a little bit strange can be to some people, right? Because sometimes we can use some people for our benefit and then just leave them alone. But God doesn't do that. God empowers our life. He empowers me and you to do what He called us to do. Often God comes in those moments when it's too late for me and you. In the moments when everything is shattered. In the moments when things fall apart. In the moments when it seems like it's too late. In the moment when Lazarus was dead already in the tomb. And it's already smelling around the tomb. In that moment it was a perfect time for God to come and speak life into the situation. So often we think that. God doesn't care about our circumstances. Because if he would only care, we would not face what we face. But my brother and my sister, the circumstances sometimes that me and you face in our life. It is molding us to depend upon the Lord. To trust him more and more. And the moments when we think that it's too late. This is the moment when for God is just in time. Let me repeat that. For the moments when we think it's too late, those are the moments that are just in time for God to come and do what He wants to do in our life. It all begins in our life when we have nothing. Not when we achieved everything. Not when we know everything. But when we come to Him and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to lead me and guide me. There is something in common throughout the scripture from Genesis to the Revelation that we see in people's lives what God did in their hearts and their lives. And, and something that every person that God empowered them and used them mightily, they had one thing in common. It was people had a cry, a cry for deliverance, help and healing. And often that cry was not even just for themselves, but the cry was birthed in their hearts for the people around them, for the nations around them. The first thing when we come to a place when we have nowhere else to go, when we feel like we're bankrupt, those circumstances in our life causes us to cry out. Psalm 50 verse 15 says this, call upon me. In the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. In the days of trouble that we face, 
Call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that He shall deliver me and you. And He will set our feet upon the rock so we can stand firm. Calling upon His name. Having a cry in my heart and in your heart to our Creator. Jeremiah 33 3 says this. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. You see, there is a lot of things God wants to reveal to us. But without a cry, we will not know that. According to the verse, it says, call to me and I will answer you. And show you great things, mighty things, which you do not know. Many things in our life that we are not aware of. Many things in our life that we would like to know that we do not know. We need to cry out to the Lord for God to reveal those things to us. To reveal His plan. To reveal what He's doing in our generation. To speak to us hope into the circumstances we face. To remind us of His promises. My brother, my sister, we all fall short of the glory of God. And each one of us has a story of the faithfulness of God. And I believe each one of us can testify when we cried out to the Lord, He heard us. And He answered our cry and our prayer. I remember many times in my life, through failures, through disappointments, when I began to cry out to the Lord. And often it was not just a moment or often it was not just one cry. But most of the time it was months at times even a year or two. And we were crying out to the Lord and God came through and He answered our cry in our prayer. Praise God. Praise God. The fact that I'm here speaking, the fact that I'm even pastoring in Grandville, Pennsylvania at our campus there and our Bible school, it's a miracle within itself. Because I have no qualification whatsoever to be able to qualify for what I'm doing. But in the moment when I had nothing to offer to the Lord, but everything that was left in me was a cry, Lord, have mercy. Jesus, have mercy. He came and met me where I was. He set me free from the things that had captivated my life. He brought freedom into my mind. He brought freedom into my life. He blessed me with a family. And He's provided for me every single day because there was a cry, God, have your way in my life. Have your way in my life. When we cry out and pray, God begins to birth hope in us. You see, a cry does not just stop there when we just cry, but it leads us to prayer. A cry that begins maybe in our home, in a confusion, in our brokenness, in our failure, it actually compels us and leads us to prayer. I remember growing up, my parents always prayed. Always prayed. And they were crying out. They went through a lot of challenges in life, a lot of difficulties. Growing up under the former Soviet Union, to be a Christian under the Soviet Union was really hard. You were limited in the things that you can do. Or my brother, all the brothers, they were ridiculed at school because of they, were, they were Christians. My parents could not go to colleges and, and have good jobs because they were Christians. But deep inside, they began to cry out to the Lord. 
They were, they were coming to the room. It was 13 kids of us. And, and we're sitting in a circle. And we were crying out to the Lord for God to protect us. For God to use our lives. For God to lead us. And God began to answer these prayers. Because that cry in the circumstances of difficulties that we found ourselves in led us to prayer. Led us to prayer. And God began to do miraculous things. <laughs> Praise God. I'm reminded that Tuesday evening here at our main campus at Times Square Church in New York City. We have a worldwide prayer meeting. And sometimes I have the opportunity to be here joining you guys. And at times I have an opportunity to stream. But it's always good to see when people are gathering together to pray. My brother, my sister, don't wait for a time to be so hard in your life. For, for the cry in your heart to happen to lead you to come to a prayer meeting. But in the moments when everything is well, let's gather together as the body of Jesus Christ. And pray together for one another. To carry each other's burdens. Because, you know, a cry happens when we are together. and We hear each other's issues, what people are going through. And as the body of Jesus Christ, when we come together, it, God puts a cry in us. It has nothing to do with me and you, but it's being birthed by the Holy Spirit. Because in our own natural strength, we do not have compassion for people. We do not have love for people. We do not have grace and mercy for people. And there are people that are broken. There are people that are in need of a hug. There are people that are in need of grace and mercy. There are people that are in need of our smiles. And those things, those qualities can be birthed in us as Christians in a good place to start. It is a prayer meeting. At a prayer meeting when we hear the needs of others. And we leave our own needs behind. And we stand for those needs. Oh, my brother, my sister. God answers prayers and he answers our cry. Come join Tuesday nights. Practically. You don't have to come maybe every Tuesday if you can. But when you can, make the effort. Make the effort. Come and be together with the believers, with the brothers and sisters together. Locking hands together and saying, we're going to fight together. Why do we cry and why do we pray? Why do we cry out to the Lord and why do we pray? Because God hears our cry. The nation of Israel, they were in Egypt in bondage. For hundreds of years they were, they were just being abused. But in those moments, a cry was birthed in their hearts for deliverance. And they began to cry to the Lord. They began to cry to God and God, the Bible says, heard the cry. And he found Moses and sent him to deliver them. God always hears us and sends answers into our life. As we heard in the morning, Ezra and Nehemiah, they were crying out to the Lord for the nation of Israel. They were crying out because people were in captivity. They were crying out because people were not protected. And that cry was heard and God began to answer that cry. It was not just for them. Yezra did not just cry out for, for himself, but it was for the nation. Nehemiah did not just cry out for himself, but it was for the nation. 
And me and you, when we cry out to the Lord, it's not about just ourselves, but it will affect our families, it will affect our nation, it will affect our cities, it will affect our apartments, it will affect our buildings where we are, it will affect the people around us. Because when God begins to answer us and giving us answers to our cry and to our prayer, it always involves other people. Always. David cried out to the Lord in his failure. And he asked God to have mercy upon him. And to forgive him and cleanse him of his sin. And God heard his cry. God heard his cry. And maybe you're here today. That you find yourself in a difficult circumstance like David found himself. Cry out to the Lord. And he will hear you. The blind man that we read in the New Testament. Bartimaeus, he cried out and, and he said, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. It was a cry in his heart that he cried out to the Lord. And Jesus heard the cry. There were hundreds of people around him. But Jesus heard the cry among all the other people that were talking maybe. My brother, my sister, God is on a throne. And he's not deaf. But he hears us. And he answers us. The disciples cried out to God when they were in a storm. When they were all on this boat. And the waves came against them. They began to cry out to the Lord. And God spoke peace to the waves. And he saved their lives. He begins with a cry. He begins with a cry. You see, but it's not just enough to have a cry. In our cry, we need to have faith. We need to believe that God is going to hear us. That God is going to answer us. Many people in the Old Testament, they were crying out to the false gods. But they were never heard. But when Elijah came and he rebuilt all the altars, he said one thing, God. I did everything according to your word. Now you send down the fire. Now you do the miraculous. There was a cry that, that, that he had to a living God. That hears his cry and answers his cry. Why is it important to have faith in our cry? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says this. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is... And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For me and you, when we cry out to the Lord, we must believe that he is. And when we seek him, he rewards those people. He will reward you. Those cries that you have maybe in private, maybe when nobody hears. It's going to come a moment when God is going to answer them. And you're going to reap all those answers in public. Because God is not going to put you to shame. But he loves you so much. And he cares for you. And he wants to help you. So where does faith come from? And how do we grow in faith? The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Oh my brother, my sister. I'm so convicted in my life. And, and as I said that lately God has been just convicting me and bringing me closer and closer to a place where I can say, God, I need more of you. 
I want to be more in this word. I want to understand your word. I want to be more and more in prayer. It's not that it makes us a better people, but it's just revelations of the Lord. The promises of the Lord as we heard from a senior pastor today in the morning. We will know them and we will be able to pray those promises and receive those promises. The importance of being in the word is not just to hear the promises of God. But the Bible says in Psalm 119 verses 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. In different words, without the word of God, don't move in life. Because this word is the light and the lamp to our feet. To put it simple, it's basically... Pretend like this is a lamp. And when we walk, we walk with this word. And this walk is the direction in my life and in your life of doing things God's way. And when we do that, the Bible says, He will direct our path. Amen. Oh, praise God. Let there be a cry in my heart and your heart together. In this year, God, we want to witness miraculous things. We want to witness your move in our life. Please cause me, cause me, oh God, to always trust in you. Bring me closer to a place where I can love you more and more. To receive your love for me. Bring me closer. Give me a love for your word and a love for prayer. This is my prayer has been this year. This is my goal for this year. And you know how people have new resolutions? I already failed them a few hours after 12 o'clock, the New Year's. But that's why... God never fails. God never fails. Staying dependent on God because He will not let you down. We need to stay dependent upon God because He will not let you down. Excuse me. Psalm 73, verses 23 to 26 says this. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward you will take me into glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And the earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh. Thank you. My flesh and my heart may fail. Let's listen verse 26 right here. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Amen. Let's just give him a praise. But my God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Staying dependent upon him. He is our portion. He is our defender. He strengthens my heart and your heart. In the days of trouble, call upon him. And he answers us. Psalm 121 verse 1 says this. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help comes from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My brother, my sister, lift our eyes to the Lord. Let's lift our voices to the Lord. Let's lift our eyes to Him who is the helper. And He will answer us. 
He will hear your cry. And he will lead our lives and he will guide our steps. He will draw us closer to him during this New Year's. And I believe within my heart, with all of my heart, that, that God is going to do things in our life during this year. And I want to bring hope into your circumstances that you're facing. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly what me and you can ask him to do. Because he loves us. In my closing, as the worship team comes, I would like to share a story that is written in the New Testament. And this story is written in Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 13. It says this, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer. Again, the disciples were people of prayer. They were going to the temple to pray. Remember, Tuesday night, it's a prayer meeting at Times Square Church. Amen? We are the disciples of Jesus Christ. We are his ch children. We are his people. Tuesday night. We're going to be on our way to our temple. To the church. To Times Square Church. To pray. In the night hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb. Was carried whom they lay daily. At the gates of the temple. Which was called beautiful. To ask alms from those who entered the temple. There are many people. That are broken on the streets of New York City. Even there are many people that are broken at the entrance of Times Square Church, right there. And often I walk by and my heart is just breaking with inside of me because often I don't have all the answers. But you see, the disciples were going to prayer, they had that mission, they were going to pray to have communion with God. And here it says in verse 3. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple asked for alms. In different words, he was asking for help. This lame person that, that was right there the whole years, he, he was born lame and, and, and somebody was bringing him all the time to the temple. Remember, because there were people of faith that were coming to the temple and he was looking for help. Verse 4. And fixing his eyes on him, what John Peter said, Look at us. Oh, my brother, my sister. As Christians, when we see circumstances in life, our response should be, look at us. And what is the answer for that? So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. In different words, he was expecting to receive money. He was expecting to receive help. And then Peter said, silver and gold do I not have. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, there were two disciples of Jesus Christ by the name of Peter and John. And they were coming to the temple to pray like me and you are doing today and other days. And Peter and John, they were broken people that had nothing to offer to the Lord. Their lives were not perfect. They did not have all the things together. But they came in their emptiness to God. They began to follow God in their brokenness. They began to follow Him in the circumstances that they had in their lives. And when they came to this moment, to this man, it doesn't matter how much gold they might have had or how much money they might have had. Nothing could have done what God did in their lives in that moment. But mind you, this lame person also did not have anything. 
And when we do not have a whole lot in our lives, this is when our dependence come upon the Lord. And he says, and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankles, bones received strength. Again, faith comes into the lives of these people. Faith began to rise again. They were going to prayer meeting. There was a cry in their hearts. And faith began to rise in their hearts. And this lame man received healing. So he leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them. Walking and leaping and praising God. The different words. He began to jump and dance and he came into the temple. All these religious people were looking at this person. What is going on with him? Don't we know this guy? Why didn't they have the power to do what Peter and John did? And back in the day, those temples, they had a lot of gold. They have a lot of things, but they were missing the power of God. But Peter and John had the power of the Holy Spirit. And this was the answer. This was the answer. And it said that all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who, who sat begging alms at the beautiful gates of the temple. And they were filled with wonders and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's great, with greatly amazement. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Again, when this miracle happened, when God does miracles in our life, we cannot touch God's glory. And this is the response of Peter and John. Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why you look so intently to us, at us? As though by our own power or godliness, we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers glorified his servant, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a cry that the disciples had. It was a cry that this lame man had. And God heard the cry and answered this cry and healed him. And it wanders among them. And the Bible says that, the reason for that was so Jesus Christ of Nazareth can be glorified. Can be glorified. Hallelujah. The answer to our cry, it's not just about us, but about God being glorified. The things that we have in our lives, the things that we're going through in our lives and we want God to move and answer our prayer and our cry. It's not just about me and you, but it's actually about God being glorified. God being glorified. And in the end, I would like to just switch a little bit or look from a different perspective to this story. And this lame man, maybe you're here today. That you're not physically lame, but spiritually might be lame. And think about it. Year after year, he was at these gates of the temple. Maybe he was listening to all the sermons that were going on in the temple. He heard all the joyful songs that were going on in the temple. He heard all the people rejoicing in the temple. But yet he found himself outside this temple. 
he found himself asking for help and for people to have mercy upon him. Oh, my brother, my sister, there's so many people that are hurting. There's so many people that find themselves at the gates, even though you might be here actually inside. But you find yourselves at the gates, at the doors of the temple. But let me tell you good news. Let me tell you something good. That Jesus Christ came to die on a cross. And the Bible says no longer he just abides in the four walls of the church. But through the power of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within me and you. And no longer you belong on a road. No longer you belong at the gates of the temple. But Jesus Christ comes within you and within me. And he dwells in us now. And the Holy Spirit now cries out. Cries out again. The Holy Spirit in me and in you cries out. And what is the cry? Abba, Father. Abba, Father, you are my God. Oh, you are my Savior. You are my Redeemer. You are my answer to the cry. You are my fulfillment in life. You are my portion. You are my pillar in life. Oh, Abba, Father, you are my foundation. It is the cry of the Holy Spirit now. It's not your cry or my cry. Because Jesus Christ desires for me and for you to walk in liberty. Because the Bible says he has come to set us free. Therefore, stand firm in that freedom, my brother, my sister. You belong at the gates of the temple. And no longer you have to wander on the streets. But the Holy Spirit can adopt you. He can make you his own. And maybe you're here struggling today. And you feel like you're lame, spiritual lame. And you're seeking for help. And you're seeking for all these things. And you think that all these tricks are going to help you succeed and be victorious in life. But nothing will help you. You know what will help you? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Get up and walk. Leave the place behind. Get up and walk. And for those that. We can be as Peter and John so to speak. We can take them by the right hand. In faith. And help them rise. Get up and walk. Walk away from the places of weakness. That the enemy has bound you. In the name of Jesus. I don't have all the answers. I don't know how to do it. But one thing I know. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Get up and walk in the name of Jesus. Let freedom come into your life. Let deliverance come into your life. Let healing come into your life. In the name of Jesus Christ. Walk in the freedom of the Lord. Let there be a dance in your heart. Let there be a shout in your heart. One more time. And you're going to come to this house on Tuesday night. On Sunday morning. Sunday evening. You're going to be rejoicing, shouting, dancing. And people are going to say, was this person bound once? But now he is free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, get up and walk. This is all what I have to tell you, my brother, my sister. Get up and walk. And the Holy Spirit that worked miracles in the days of the apostles. 
His works did not cease. But he can still do miracles right now. Today, among us. Among us. Stand with me, please. There is a song that I'm reminded of and it says, Jesus, your name, it's power. Jesus, your name, it's might. Jesus, your name will break every stronghold. Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is healing. Jesus, your name gives sight. Jesus, your name will free every captive. Jesus, your name is life. Jesus, your name is holy. Jesus, your name brings light. Jesus, your name is above every others. Jesus, your name is light. It is Jesus. It is Jesus. And I'm going to give this invitation to you. Come to Jesus, who is the source of every circumstance that you have, and cry out to him. Cry out to him. This is all what I have for you. Cry out. And when people in the Bible had a cry, God answered their cry. Come join me here. I'll be praying in a moment. Let's cry out to the Lord for a moment. Let's lift our voices to the Lord and cry out. Whatever what's on your heart, whatever what your circumstances are, cry out to him. Cry out to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, we stand before you, and you know everything. We have a desire to be part of what you're doing here on earth. We have a desire, oh God, for you to empower us to live this life that you have called us to live. We have a desire to witness miraculous things among us, for us to witness how you're setting the captives free. You bring sight to the blind. You bring healing to the broken. Oh God, let this year of 2020 be a year where we're going to partake from what you have in store for us. As we heard this morning that you're going to take from the storage the things that maybe have been there for a long time. And we're going to partake from those giftings of the Holy Spirit that you have for us. God, the disciples did not have things to offer to you. But in the moments of their emptiness, in the moments when they were broken, you have given them the power of the Holy Spirit, which was everything that they needed. Lord, thank you that there are such an examples for us today that you can take broken vessels. That you can take people that can't offer you anything. And in the moments when we feel like it's the end. There is no way out. Those are the moments for you. When you come right in time. To do only what you can do. God and I know and I'm much aware of that. It's so easy at times to pray these prayers. But it's so difficult when we face these circumstances in life. But oh we lean upon you oh God. And we ask you for grace and for mercy. We ask you for strength. We ask you for endurance. 
help none of these people that are here, not one person to give up. But always, always, oh God, cause us to cry out to you. Cause us, oh God, lead us to prayer. Lord, lead us to believe that you hear our cry and our prayer. Lead us into your word to be dependent upon you, oh God, and to stay humble before you. Oh, Jesus. And we're going to be touching lives that are like the stories that we just read of this lame man that was at the gates of the temple for many years. God, the only answer was in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, if there are people here that are spiritually weak, they're spiritually crawling, they're spiritually lame, in the name of Jesus, heal them. And give them strength. Give strength to their feet so they can walk. And we thank you. We thank you that we can hope in you. We thank you that we can rejoice. And we thank you that in your house we're going to witness miraculous things that you're going to do among us. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah.